Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. I just realized I'm yeah. supposed to be oh, talking to Mike here. Wow. Rookie mistake. <laughs> I'm going to turn myself up you because I'm soft-toned. Got a soft voice compared to you guys. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe we shouldn't have bubblies or any, like, carbonated drinks while we podcast. Because it makes you so burp burping into the mic. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's zero calories and all. You know, no artificial sweeteners, any of that garbage. They taste great, extra refreshing. I'm addicted to them. I might have, like, 12 a day. But, you know, they're probably not the best. Hey, uh, how has uh, how has business been for y'all? I signed up three new clients yesterday. Holy cow, congratulations. congratulations bro. <laughs> what a piece. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I signed up two clients through my uh, Thumbtack Pro website and my official website, which is kind of my backup. But, yeah, two clients in two weeks. I'll take nice. It. And I signed up one client today. And I am launching a whole rebranding of my services, and I'm completing a whole new website, and it should be ready by tomorrow. Boom, shakalaka, shout my, yourself out. Shameless plug, Shameless plug, Dave. What's the name of the website? Uh, unifierlightworker.com. Unifierlightworker.com. Okay. All right. All right. Life coaching by Dave Shep. That's good stuff. Uh, you, need, uh, you need some direction, some mostly, you know, Tell you stuff you already know, but need to hear it. Yeah, well, the biggest thing that I've decided is that there's so much uh, healing out in the world, and a lot of people don't know the different things that they need. And what what I'm really good at is kind of advising people and letting them know what kind of healing they need, whether it's physical, ment- uh, mental, or spiritual. So that's where I'm taking my new direction, and uh, I'm really excited with my new uh, my new endeavor here. I love it. I love it. So, boys, that's awesome, man. I learned something this weekend. What'd you learn? If you haven't prepared for a century ride, don't do a century ride. <laughs> I would uh, I would like to refer to my Instagram message that I sent you. <laughs> Dave, you can't tell me that 60 miles in. I'm a, if I quit that, I'm a little bitch. <laughs> you should have just said, Dave, come get me. <laughs> Wait, you seriously did a, a century a century he, ride? He did, which is why on a road day, I was over at his house taking care of his sorry butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my whole body <laughs> yeah. hurt a lot. My knee still hurts, but that's because I should have got my bike fitted professionally before I do that. So I'm going in this weekend to get my bike officially fitted, you know, so like the handlebars and the seat and the pedals and all that stuff. Um Rick and Borche kind of analyzed the video of my pedaling that they took. And it looks like my right knee is kind of popping out to the side with every pedal. So you multiply that times 100 miles and you have a sore, swollen knee at the end. So that makes uh, sense. I'm going to get my biomechanics fixed. I'm going to quit burping. Aha, LaCroix. So, 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 so my Instagram post was, Josh, when you're, when you've just had hip surgery, you really shouldn't go on such a, a, a strenuous ride, a hundred miles. And he goes, Dave, cycling is rehab. And then the next, the next day he goes, Dave, I don't know why my hips hurt so much. 
<laughs> it wasn't my hips. It was my knee. Ah, okay. My knee. My hip, hip actually feels great. Your hip feels great. It's the knee that hurts. Yeah, hip felt fantastic, luckily. <laughs> um, I'm approved to basically do two modes of uh, cardiovascular activity. That is swimming and mm -hmm. cycling. And that's it. I also do third one is the elliptical now. They added that in. Oh, cool. So I've been doing the elliptical for about an hour a day because I can't cycle because my knees and all messed up. And there's no pools. Right. So elliptical it is. Uh, what's the news on your on your hip? Like what what did the uh, MRI come back as? So Tuesday I go in to give it uh, have it analyzed by the surgeon. The um, physical therapist looked it over last week. She basically said there's a lot of wear and tear because of um, congenital malformations within both hips. The left one looks like it's in good shape, at least the the part that they repaired in surgery. But the right one already has a lot of degeneration just since they took that MRI a year ago. And that was the one that Holy wasn't shit. worked on. So um, basically, well, I need to work out in ways that are... Um, less hard on my hips so that I can put off getting a hip replacement as long as possible. Basically though, uh, I lost the genetic lottery on hips. So I'm, there's nothing I can really do. I can do all the mobility and stretching and whatever. And even if I never worked out again, I didn't do cheerleading. I'd probably be looking at a hip replacement by 50. Right. Um, Damn. so it's just, it is what it is. My, my mom's side, Everybody has bad hips. Well, one, one thing I like about this is one is your attitude. You have like the, the most perfect attitude about this because you're just like, okay, we're, we're going to deal with it. We're going to, we're going to overcome it. But the other thing is you're learning, you're learning how to, to work your body and to work out in different exercises. And this is not going to do nothing but help your clients. Right. Because that, that's what I, I mean, and that's the great thing about you is you, you love the research. You'd love to figure things out. So when you have a client that comes and says, Hey, I have a problem hip you know, or, or whatever you're working out, you're going to have all this knowledge. And, and for that, that's something that I'm really proud of you for. Just makes me a better trainer, you know? So, I mean, I'm going to have to get a hip replacement within the next 20 years. That's okay. A lot of people have hip replacements. And in 20 years, it'll probably just be a pill. I mean, <laughs> well, hey, the, hey, the surgery will be a lot more simpler. Fingers crossed there's a crisper, you know, and you go in there and they change your DNA. <laughs> I want Asian hips, thank you yeah. very much. I don't want these white hips. I want some Asian hips, okay? Some, some I want nice to be able to drop down ATG ass to grass in the bottom of a snatch. Or just Asian squat, just chilling, Gosh. you know? Just Dude, watching, watching – Watching China, China's uh, Olympic lifting team. Oh my god, ridiculous! <laughs> they smash oh my god! Oh, okay. those oh, Bulgarians—they try hard. Russians train harder than everybody else, but it doesn't matter. Asians win Olympic lifting. And the Asian squat is, is superior. To Dude, them. like who else has a full-grown adult just like hangs out with their anus on the ground, <laughs> comfortably with the heels, the heels resting on the on the ground? Nobody, nobody does that, and that's just normal. You know, and my, you know, my Asian clients, I never have to do anything with their squat. I literally have to be like, hey, don't squat so low. You're tucking your butt under like you're taking a poop, <laughs> okay? Back, yeah. That's the like little a little butt like wink. A, yeah, a little butt wink like they're taking a dump at the bottom, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, everybody else, literally every other ethnicity population takes like probably six weeks to get their squat looking good if they're sedentary. If they're an athlete, obviously, you're coming in squat. But, you know, sedentary person. Sedentary Asian guy, overweight, you know, never played sports, super unathletic, 
is this how you do it? <laughs> yes, yes. That is exactly how you do it. You're so darn lucky. Genetics rates a princess. When it comes to squatting, at least, that there's there's a genetic superiority there. Yep. Yep. Okay. So enough with the uh you know all that, all that good stuff. Connor, give us a little update on your uh your romance life here, man. How's it going? Well, I'm uh exploring the love languages, so I'm getting to know which ones you know she prefers and uh (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's been good, it's been good. Without saying too much. Tonight we're doing number three. All right, all right. (laughs) And uh it's it's been fun. (laughs) And in uh, Trevor's love life, there's a big surprise coming very soon. Um, we'll keep you guys updated on the uh, the three. That's a secret. It's a very big secret. Done, so done, done. Def- it's a great it's a and great I, thing. And I definitely won't have a good secret by the time it happens. So you're safe, right? We're Gucci, <laughs> we're Gucci, man. We're Gucci. And if this is going live, you know, I might as well say that I might as well just say that she's a great person, good looking, because you know. Russian. She's in a hurry all the time. She's Russian. <laughs> and she's fit, so she's jacked and tan, bro. Yeah, we're gonna we're baby. gonna have some great genetic babies. Probably not basketball Prime. players. Yeah. But oh, any other no. sport. <laughs> they're gonna be very Yeah, short. literally any other short. sport, they're gonna be fine. <laughs> any sport that doesn't require height, they've got it. Yeah. I actually, surprisingly, <laughs> I have height in my family. Dude, Who my knows, brothers dude? are like my brother is my littlest brother is five five eleven five ten, and then my my other brother is six two. Okay, wow. he's a slightly taller. I got, so, and what are you? I just what are you I just five, missed six? out. You're five six or five seven. Uh, I'm actually five eight. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, Dave. <laughs> oh, you guessed so low. You guessed so low. I don't know. Oh, what man. are you? I'm five four. I'm like five ten, five ten and a half, under five eleven. You don't eight. tower over me. <laughs> all right, all right. For, for, for guys, I, I no. feel like I'm taller than two inches, man. Higher, taller than two yeah, inches. You taller come up to my nipples, dude. I'm You're feet. definitely taller than two inches. You're five <laughs> ten. Okay, okay. All right, I'm gonna let you have those extra two inches. <laughs> five eight, Trev. Oh, fuck all. <laughs> I just know that when I get you up on my table, I always have to lower it. So I, I mean, I introduced you as a, in our episode <laughs> one. Dave, you lying. <laughs> You're lying on live. <laughs> and by I, the way, by, by table, he means a massage table. Our, a so stable. <laughs> our first episode, I introduced you as the slightly shorter, slightly stronger, more athletic version of me, you know, <laughs> but also slightly. slightly less good looking, just slightly. So <laughs> I, I have two things. You have two things. Boom. There we go. That sounded terrible. He's like, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> Depends on the person, man. Now your delivery is bad. <laughs> All right. So oh, uh, this is where we start. Welcome know. to another episode of Blue Collar. I thought this is where we stop. <laughs> okay, so. All right. On that note, I'm out. Welcome to a new episode of Blue Collar Fitness. We've been uh, BSing. I don't know if Dave's going to leave that part in there. But, you know, whatever. Um, so today... Um, you know, I, I wanted to bring up, I listened to a episode of Generation Iron today that came out. I don't like those guys and what they've done to some individuals, but they also put out some great content. Um, and they did a really interesting interview today with Robbie Robinson. Uh, I've met Robbie a few times. He came across as kind of a dick to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But this interview kind of like opened up some insights to me on maybe how he's not a dick. He's just very uh, not a not a social person. Can you explain to our listeners who Robbie Robertson is? So Robbie Robinson, the Black Prince, is probably you know he's he's the golden era of bodybuilding right there with Arnold and Franco mm-hmm. Colombo, and uh, you know he's he's one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. We you know he he owns the industry. It's, uh, in that, in terms of longevity, he's closing in on 80, still has an eight pack, looks great, you know, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's um, shredded. and the interview is actually about racism and bodybuilding. So I learned some things I had never, never heard before. So he's from, uh, down South, you know, and so he grew up with, you know, back in the fifties and the sixties and you guys all know, I'm sure you guys have all, you know, know how it was in the 50s and the 60s down south um, for black people it was not great hey uh, it wasn't it wasn't just down south though i mean if you look at the history of oregon oregon had a terrible past with 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 black people and right right it, right. it it's not just the south it was all over the country back then you're you're absolutely right and you know i guess it's maybe stereotypical to say down south but i i would assume it was probably bad there yeah. as well, bad even, at even least as bad as anywhere in the 70s i grew up in baltimore and even in the 70s I it was hard. so what was it what was his experience like experience like so i i recommend that you guys go watch the interview for the full um the full experience but he was talking about how joe weeder was seeing him winning all these shows and he sent him a letter hey we'd love to take your pictures down at in venice um put you in some magazines <laughs> And, uh, you know, come train with the guys. So he's like, heck yeah. Packs his bags, sells everything he has, flies down to Venice. He assumed he was going to be one of the, you know, because that was the thing for the bodybuilders back then. You know, uh, you know, you go train at Venice, you get a weeder contract, and you win shows. You know, you, all you do is you train, and it's, it, was the, it was the life. And he had a world-class physique, one of the best physiques of the – definitely one of the best physiques of the time and a classic physique, you know. And uh, he goes down, and they take the pictures, and he meets Weeder. And, uh, you know, Joe Weeder's like, yeah, that was good stuff, man. And he's like, so do I, do I get a contract? And uh, he says Weeder – he said Weeder says, uh, I don't give contracts to inwards. Wow. Oh, wow. And I was like – Oh, damn. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't see any reason why Robbie would lie about this, you know, and, and he, after he said that, he was like, I've forgiven Joe, you know, like since then. And, you know, he's done a lot of great things for the industry and we wouldn't have bodybuilding without him. But I, I he, he says, I still don't respect him, you know, and that's fair. Fair, fair enough. Like he's a bigger man. He forgive him, forgave him. And, you know, appreciated all he did for the bodybuilding industry. But after somebody says something like that to you, like, dang, that really sucks, you know? Yeah. And uh, he said for three months, he slept on the roof of the gym until he was able to get enough money together by doing uh, posing routines and seminars for uh, locally to get himself an apartment. And then, you know, and then he started training some people and whatever else. And he, he won some big pro shows, um, but he never did get a weeder contract. He always had to make his own money. Wow. Um, 
So I, I thought that was a, you know, an interest. Those are some things I, I, I didn't know, you know, and he always fe- said he felt kind of slighted and like he just needed to keep to himself to not be, uh, you know, to not be mm-hmm. um, taken advantage of. So, you know, I've, I tried to shake the guy's hand twice. I tried to, you know, say, Hey, you know, I, I was, a, I was a kid at Venice beach, you know, there at gold and Robbie's always there, you know, and I, I tried to, you know, see if I could get a picture with him or shake his hand. And he always <clears throat> just kind of looked at me and said, I don't, I don't do fan stuff. I don't do pictures. And, right. you know, and you have to respect that. But then also kind of hearing that interview and hearing his experience, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's justified, you know, I, maybe he's just hasn't been treated well by the public and, and doesn't want to deal with the public. Just doesn't feel like he owes. I, I wouldn't, fan. I wouldn't say that you can connect it and say that there's uh there's, there's causation. Uh, uh, correlation doesn't mean causation. So, um, he could just be, he could get approached everywhere he, he goes and he won't get anything done. Maybe that's why he, he doesn't do fan <laughs> stuff. It's just like, I right. mean, he he was he was famous, or he is famous for bodybuilding. He's mm-hmm. in one of the he's in mecca of bodybuilding, and I bet he gets approached daily, uh, uh just like all the time. So I, I feel like I feel like you couldn't you couldn't right. you could maybe. How would you get a workout I done? I wouldn't I wouldn't make an assumption. Right. How would you How exactly. would you get a workout exactly. done? If you're trying to get two hours worth of working out done and every five minutes some fan comes up to you. Exactly. It would be hard during the day. You'd have to go like four in the morning with Michael Hearn. <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly. I think that's he's why. Good, he's good at blaze with Michael Hearn. And they, you know, he's went up to the uh, the Emerald Cup before with Michael Hearn and composed. But he has, he has a very select, he has a select few friends that he hangs out with or people that he trusts. That's from what I've, what I've observed. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And I, you know, I thought he, you know, he made some good points on the inter- that interview about, you know, he, he said, hey, like the problem, one of the problems with, um, you know, talking about white privilege is people say, hey, you need to just not look past that and work hard and work out. And he's like, yeah, you're right. We do. Like, we do need to just work hard. Um, and and push past that. But then also for people who don't have that experience um, to say that white privilege doesn't exist, that's, that's discounting someone's and especially, you know, someone that grew up there in the fifties and sixties and has had all these experiences. You know, he said he, uh, you know, he would win shows and the prize money was, uh, you know, you know, basically looked at as this amount. And he had, you know, he would know a friend that had won the same show and he was supposed to get 10 grand and, uh, he'd go collect the check and it was three grand short, you know, and then he'd Mm -hmm. approach the promoter and the promoter would just shrug his shoulders, you know, and for whatever reason, you know, you know, maybe that was something to do with racism. Maybe it wasn't, but it's, it's a specific example. And, and that's what he felt. He felt like, well, shoot, you know, like what else would it, what else would it be? You know? So. I just I thought that was an interesting look into someone's experience and you know um, something as uh, out there and in your face as bodybuilding and bodybuilding culture you know has has been affected by all the you know the the events that have been co- that have come to light recently and you know 
in our culture. So. Yeah, and, and bodybuilding, you know, that that's a really accepting uh, culture and sport, if you will. Like bodybuilding, bodybuilding is a very diverse. Like some of the top competitors are, you know, black African American. It's been uh, dominated the last thirty yeah, years. Yeah, but you don't see that many judges or you know judges or promoters that are black. Which is that coincidental? Uh, probably not. I'm not really sure. But uh, it's you know it's it's racist. It's an issue even in bodybuilding. Right. You, you see that, you know, and whatever reason it is, you know, you see that in the NFL, you see that in the NBA, you know, primarily, uh, you know, black athletes and white owners and coaches. I don't know what, you know, what I'm not a, you know, a sociologist. I, I'm not someone who studied all that, but you can just see, ob- observe, you know, you can observe. Yeah. That's, that is how it is. I, and I just have heard a lot of, uh, you know, my friends and, you know, and people that I know completely discount that there is such a thing as white privilege, you know, and I just wanted to say, you know, if, at least this platform, hey, maybe you should think twice and, you know, just look at somebody else's experience and, and take what they say at face value because, you know, like the old saying goes, you don't, you know, you can't judge a guy until you walk a mile in his shoes and and getting you know, hearing someone's experience that's not like you, um, you know, it could give you some insight and maybe some things that um, that you hadn't thought about before. So. Yeah, it's it's all about perspective, but you can't you can't just judge someone by by their face by the face of them. Like for instance, like if I if I had a thick a thick Southern accent and I went to to Oregon and someone just sees this white dude that has a thick Southern accent, I mean. It it may be assumed that I'm a racist, but the thing is, you can't you can't make assumptions because you don't know someone's perspective. You don't know what they've been mm-hmm. through. You don't know. That's why you can't make assumptions about people. You you don't know you don't know this person to their core, and that's something that that our our like the general public is over general generalizing people. They see this person and then they they automatically put them into a box. Right. They're like, okay. You have a thick southern accent and you're white so you're probably you're probably conservative, you're probably most likely racist or whatever. Right. And your your country is hell. You 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 like country music, you you drive big trucks. It's like it's like and in same could be said for Oregon. Like some some Oregonian could come down to the south and then they're they're dressed in some plaid outfit and it's like, "Oh, you're you're some Lumbersexual from <laughs> from Portland. Absolutely, it's like okay, like, and then they just automatically put this person in a box, right? And it's just like that. Every everybody does that, and it that's where I think that I think that's where a lot of these issues arise. Right, is assumptions, assumptions, and and like saying just because you have a certain opinion, you're wrong. It's like no. You have a certain opinion because you have a different perspective. You grew up in a different place. You right. have a di- you had a different life than I did. You lived a different life than I did. So I'm not going to judge you for for that uh, that perspective that you have. Right. And I I think that judgment is is judgment is terrible. Overgeneralizing is terrible. Assumptions are terrible. Right. And it's just like you can never know a person until you talk to them get to know them you can't just putting, you can't just over general putting people in boxes you know i, I think yeah. back in 
maybe the early 2000s, there was a big movement of tolerance, right? And that was the general moral compass of the society. And I've seen a huge shift here. You know, I, I see a lot of people on social media. You know, if you're pro-Israel, unfollow me. I'm not your friend. Don't ever talk to me again. Or things like if you're, you know, if you're pro-police officer, you know, unfollow me. Um, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can, we can have, you, you can, it's, you have to judge people on an individual basis. You can't lump an entire yeah. country no. or an entire profession yeah. into a bad box. Nope. And that, that is 100 Nobody can have a civil conversation about these yeah, topics yeah. anymore. No one, no one can just talk. Everything gets into a heated argument about mm -hmm. who's right, who's wrong. It's like, it's like maybe, maybe the person that supports cops like supports them because they were rescued by a cop. Or they have family members who are cops. It's like, you don't, you, don't, you don't know. You don't know why people do th the things that they do. You, nobody knows. Un right. Unless you are that person. It goes back to just, their, their personal experiences. Like, you know, um, yeah. But I also feel like, like it kind of begs the question, um, are, human, are people, human beings, just generally tribal? And is that why we generalize, generalize all the time? Because I feel like that's just easy for people to do. And especially on social media, where, where you're not really disconnected, the person is not there in front of you. You don't know their perspectives. You're not looking them in the eye or reading their intentions. It can be easy to be really harsh online. Yeah. You oh, easy. easy. So, Keyboard warriors. Much, so much heat what, from what, people. What we need is something like you, know, you have to have a driver's license in order to go on the internet. You know, you need to you need to have a full license in order to have it. That way, you can see your face. You know, your name and thing, because then people are not going to say all this harsh stuff that they're saying because they feel like they're, that's they're also away. taking away freedoms that's yeah. taking away freedom so you that's can't not capitalism no it's not capitalism has nothing to do with that that's taking away basic rights because freedom of speech is you're allowed to go on the internet and say whatever you want that's freedom right. of speech I was, I, I was just saying that it's easier to say stuff when you're anonymous rather than if it was just oh oh 100 so but, uh, what i'm saying is there should be a way that when you log into the internet, you use your real credentials, who you are, rather than having 17 fake accounts and being able to just rile up a, a, an entire population. The trolls, the the trolls, trolls are a problem. Trolls. But then also yeah. there's a power in anonymous, you know, sharing of information, right? We saw democracies rise because of this, you know, just recently. Or fall. Facebook. Or fall. Or democracies fall. have fallen. Yeah. True, it's, true. It's I think back to... Um, you know, I, I, so many people put people in good and bad boxes. Mm -hmm. And there was a situation that Connor and Dave and I were all in a couple of years ago where we had a speaker come in and he's very um, pro-military. His son was an oh, yeah. army ranger and, you know, and he was talking about, you know, he was so glad his, uh, he was telling some story about how he was so glad his son, you know, effed up these, you know, I believe it was Iraqis and I'm sitting there and I have my head down and I'm just like sweating. I feel so bad because I invited one of my buddies to attend the seminar. He's an Iraqi. His entire family was massacred after nine 11. They were peaceful farmers by, by bombs. Um, and here's the thing, like America went to war. You know, you can say whatever, 
you you want to say about that. War is always terrible, and there's always casualties, and I'm not trying to downplay that at all. Was the speaker wrong for supporting his son? No. Right? He was supporting his son in a patriotic way. But also, was our friend wrong for feeling extremely emotional and pissed off about that? Perspective. Perspective. Exactly. 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 If you're the only male left in your family, um, and most of your family was all killed, you were a very wealthy – my friend, he was on the wrestling team in Oregon State. Was, um, the only reason he got in Oregon State was was a uh, scholarship for, for wrestling. Trevor knows him too. Um, if if you your entire almost entire family and their wealth was obliterated and never recompensated, and you came to the U.S. as a refugee as a kid, dirt poor with nothing, um, how how would you feel about you know someone saying that? Uh, you, you would, ex- you would feel extremely offended, right? But then also, you know, if, as for the speaker to be supporting his son, you know, patriotically, I you perspective is everything, and so many different groups right now have a completely different perspective, and they care about a specific view. And if you don't see that view through their lens, they write you off as a racist or as a you know as a narcissist or a, or a whatever. You know, and here there's another thing. Um, personally, I am not a Trump supporter, um, but I'm not going to judge people who are. I have a lot of family who are Trump supporters. I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to vote for Trump. Sorry, Dan, just not going to do it. <laughs> um, like, I'm not writing off an entire group of the population because they wrote for voted for Trump. They have most of them have one or two very key issues that they think he more aligns with. You know that they voted for, and that's why they they stick with them. You know, a lot of times there's, you know, for conservative Christians, it's things like you know uh, abortion and you know and stuff like that, right? Or whatever huge polarizing issue. Um, but I, but I think that right there, like you're saying, conservative Christians, it's not just the conservative Christians who support Trump. So that yeah, and I, I'm just making a specific. One, yeah. Yeah, so, but so. you're you're kind of generalizing a little bit. Go expand, expand. So you're you're saying you're saying um, these these conservative Christians support abortion or support uh, him like supporting. That's why they support him is because he support he is against abortion. Words. I, I don't even I don't Words even know words. that. I'm just making a. I'm just. I don't know which way well, he, he slipped yes, off. So it's just like you can't. Ugh. It's it's an individual so, thing with an individual's perspective, and you can't judge an entire group of people based on who they voted for president. You can't write them off as somebody you don't want to associate with. I, yeah, I agree with but because, you can't, you I, can't I generalize of, and say that. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that because I have a lot of friends who are extreme left, extreme right, moderates. Um, and, and I blend very well with all of them because to me, I, I look at the person and their character and I care about them. And because they have these beliefs, my thing is, is I'm proud of them that they have these beliefs and I may agree or disagree with certain parts of them. Sometimes I, I disagree violently in my head or sometimes <laughs> I agree violently. In my head. But what I don't sit there and make them feel bad that they have these beliefs. Or, or or for whatever, just because I disagree with them. To me, it's like I love the person, 
and I care about the person. And if they have these beliefs, I, I, it's all about supporting them and respecting them. I remember when I got, uh, I got married, uh, I, I sent a, uh, I sent an email to, to my, my mentor of like 25 years. He was, he was incredible. And he sent me a two page letter, uh, telling me how he violently disagrees with the fact that I'm gay and I'm getting married at a church. And it, it was one of the most well-articulated letters I, I think I've ever gotten. And I read it. I was like, well, this is really good. Um, and at the end of the letter, he's like, I fully understand if you don't want to be friends with me anymore. because, But I just couldn't. I can't. I need to let you know I can't support you. And the fact is, is I love that man to this day. And I wrote him back. And I said, this, I will always love you. The fact that you have these beliefs and how strong you are in your opinions is part of what I respect so much about you because you live who you are. That does not bother me. You don't support my marriage. That that doesn't mean we cannot be friends anymore. So I just wish a lot more people had that kind of mentality that it's okay to disagree and it's okay to debate and you can still love and care for each other. I, I agree, Dave. The people that be... are the, the the people that are saying like, oh, let's like if you don't support the same things I support, we can't be friends. Ah, uh, that is that's one of the main reasons why I left social mm. media. Is because <laughs> right, everybody's yeah, doing little fits. Everybody's acting yeah, like a during this. During this movement, I was like, oh, that's my literally, God. That's what a toddler does. If you don't have – if I don't get my way, I'm going to throw myself on the ground I'm going to be friends with you. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to be friends, friends with you. I'm not going to be friends with you. I'm a third grade girl. down with this and... – <laughs> You can't come to my birthday party. People have made so many camps over, um, you know, just in 2020, which there's going to be a lot of memes about 2020, about how bad it was. But anyways, there's a lot of different camps, and people are just – you know, it's it's unfortunate. And uh, yeah, my, actions... my, my favorite meme, Connor, is um, it's July. So they're like, um, uh, welcome to level seven of Jumanji. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you were in a video game. Great. You're in a board game. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Jumanji 3? I, I, I love it. And I, and I think that's a fantastic point there. I mean, you have to be, you, you have to have a certain level of. What's the right word I'm looking for? Pers I guess you have to have perspective in your in yourself to be able to have a you know a conversation with somebody that you disagree with. That's mm. your friend, you know that you and you can still have a civil conversation with them and you know and talk about things you disagree with. I mean, some some yeah. as close as the four of us are. I mean, the, the close of us have compared ourselves to family because of how close we are. Yet the four of us disagree about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. However, I would walk into hell with any one of you yeah you know yeah. I, I, I i'll would, take a bullet I, for any one of you exactly and and i love you because of your beliefs and i love you because of the the, the men that you are and that's what makes us close and man if, if others just felt that way it would be such a, a, a they, they could communicate so much better yeah you just so, gotta understand, so many understand, people but, sorry go ahead, that, yeah just like just you gotta understand that you, your friends and your family you know the, the point that dave's making is that what we all share have in common like we love each other but we also what we have in common is integrity mm -hmm. you know we all integrity we disagree on a few things or maybe a lot of things but uh just gotta have integrity we know each other's perspective and uh we don't you know push alienate people which alienating people is bad but uh yeah what were you saying trev um something that that we're able to do um that a lot of people aren't we're able to value our our friendship over our our emotions and our opinions because we I see you guys as as people that I'm gonna know for the rest of my life 
and I'm not going to let something something I can't really change. For instance, political crap. Like, sure, I can vote, but likelihood of my single vote changing something, like making a significant change. I'm not. I'm not downplaying the significance of voting. I'm just saying it's not something I personally can change. As a collective, we can change it, but it, it's not something I change. But if I can, if I can be a good person to my friends and family, like that's that's utmost importance to me. Well, that's your community. Your community is is very uh, important. Guess what? If you have a, if you, if you have a healthy community, and the people around you are happy, you know, healthy and improving their their world, guess what? You're improving the entire world. It's like you guys, you guys have a, a, a friend base that is some of the, the neatest people I think I've ever met. And each of you have these friends and you all get along so well because you all are different, but the same. And and the same is, is that you care about each other. I mean, I mean Trevor, Josh, Connor, I, I've seen you with your friends when you hang out, when you're together. And, and it, it, there's this amazing loyalty and love on both sides. And there's respect. Uh, and it's something that, that I just, I highly admire with all three of you. And so you attract those those kind of people. And when you attract a mate, you know, you want to make sure that your mate meshes well with your friends, you know, and that, that's a, a big thing. Um, Connor's got this new girl, so we're going to have to see how she does. <laughs> I, I think what you're talking Pressure's about, Dave. <laughs> I, I think I'll bring her out. I like what you guys are talking about there because, you know, diversity is important because if you have a diverse friend group, you have more perspective. I, I think everybody should be friends with people of multiple political affiliations. I mean, I, okay, if somebody's a legitimate Nazi, I'm going to be like, bro. Not for me. <laughs> not for me. But you know what I'm saying? If, if someone is a genuinely good person and has a good heart, you know, and they're a person who you has, you know, a vigor for life and is excited about life and is going places and, and wants to be a good person and wants to do things with their life. I'm excited about being around that person. And, you know, I think you should try to surround yourself with people who are like that. You know, I, I get, you know, people that if, if you're growing faster than, you know, or away and apart from people, um, you know, maybe you're not going to be with them every weekend, right? If, you know, the people that you went to high school with, you most likely are hanging out with still. You're in different parts of the country. You're doing different things. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't, you couldn't still have a drink with them, you know, and, and catch up. Right. But, um, yeah, I, what, what, what you're saying there, I'm trying to close my thought here without rambling, but there's, there's good, genuinely, um, good hearted, well-meaning people on both sides of main political issues. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, we love America and we love the, the world. We love the people. We love people and we, we want everything to, to be better for, for our fellow humans. So yeah. I know I'm not, I'm not going to be ashamed because I come from a family of cops and I have a lot of cop friends and, and I have people who are trying to be police and I'm trying to help them with their physical fitness, with their health, with everything. Um, and people are like, why would you do that? And, and I'm like, seriously, just, you know, I have been saved by police officers. And if I see a police officer in danger from anybody, I will be the first one to step in and, and try to defend him as well. And, but it's the same thing with black people. I have a lot of black friends. I, I it doesn't matter to me. However, if you're a fucking dick, I'm not going to like you. Okay. So that does not make me racist. I'll give you a shot until you 
you burn me, right? Yeah, fool exactly. me one, shame on you know, shame on you, you know, shame on me. Fool you, fool you once. I said that wrong. I said that backwards. <laughs> Dyslexic. You were such a white boy. Yes. But that was a good But oh, you know, funny. it it stands true. The meaning stands true. Give people a shot, you know, regardless of you know their whatever creed. You know, yeah. see their heart, see right. their soul, see have who they are. Compassion. Absolutely. You know, I mean, God, people don't have to think like if we all thought alike, how fucking boring would it be? Absolutely. I'd be so bored. I'd be so yeah. bored. We wouldn't God. get anything done. We wouldn't I get know. shit done. I think of uh, a a podcast Jocko Willink um, did a, a week ago, and he the had. Uh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Joe. He was, it was a solo. It was a solo podcast, and he talked. Oh, okay, he talked about um, a a battle between the U.S. It was either Britain and uh, Germany or the U.S. and Germany. One of the two. It was it was the Allies and you know the um, Germany, and um, they were on either side of the trenches, and they had like a peaceful exchange, and like, hey, how about we? Uh, we have a drink together tonight and uh, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. They had like a Christmas celebration yep. and everybody got together and they were talking and they were like, wow, they saw the humanity in each other. Mm-hmm. And there was um, fantastic, almost camaraderie. And they were like, wow, maybe we should not shoot each other. <laughs> like, these guys are actually pretty cool. And you know, you see the humanity in, the person that you personified as a demon, you know, somebody that's the enemy that you have to kill and that you see the tribalism. That's exactly what's happening today. Yeah. Now okay, the allied forces basically got a word, the commanders, you know, and was basically in charge of the general that was in charge of this thing. It was basically like, dude, if you don't kill them ASAP, that's treason. And they're like, okay, there was a big bloody battle. Uh, but you can read the memoirs of the soldiers that talked about it, and it changed their perspective forever. So, did you say memoirs? Whatever they're called, <laughs> read the ah, journals. Memoirs. Memoirs. <laughs> Connor, you wanted to say something? No, I was going to say, I uh, just like the, the Jocko podcast. Like that was, I mean, he has a lot of good, good uh, stories about that. And then, um, yeah, I was just going to, I was looking, looking up the podcast, and that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> I blinked. <laughs> well, I thought, uh, you know, we hadn't done a podcast on really all these current events. And, you know, I was hoping, you know, maybe if we just changed one person's perspective through this podcast, it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, give other people a shot. Don't write off everyone. Try to have conversations. Yeah, that, well, I mean, literally, like the four of us. I mean, I'm a 50-year-old gay veteran. You're what 20, 27. 27, and you come from from a conserv- very conservative religious background. Connor, you are 20, twenty-two. Twenty. I'm feeling twenty-two. You're feeling twenty-two. But I'm twenty-seven. You look a older. <laughs> I, I, I come from a, a, a very. Uh, you're, you're twenty-seven. Not, you're no, part, kind you're of part like Native. So, somewhat religious, um, you know, Catholic. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm Native American, Native Seneca Cayuga of the Iroquois League, and uh, yeah, that was unique. But uh, hey, man, I mean, and and, and Trevor, you're what. 26. 26. 26. And Trevor is, I mean, what, what would you say? You're what? Uh, conservative. I grew up conservative, conservative. Christian. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. so so the four of us very very different, yet we see each other's soul. We see we see the good deeds that each of us do, and we see how much that we have dedicated our lives to try and help people. But also, we're just generally nice people, mm -hmm. and it, we we agree to disagree. And there have been times where we've talked to each other, we've asked each other for advice, and, and you know, I think Josh um, Josh says it the best. I, I one thing that he, he wrote me several months ago, I think, was was just when you live your life with integrity. You really can't do anything wrong. Uh, something I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. And, and that's what it is. When you have that integrity and you just see each other. So we are four very diverse people who care and we have different outlooks on life. If we can get along and, and we can be this close, there's no reason that you can't look at the people closest to you right now that you're thinking of and think that, yeah, we may not, we may not see eye to eye on this topic. However, we love and care for each other. So why can't we do this? That's a very good point. Absolutely. See the humanity in people, your friends. Yeah. And as personal trainers and you know, life coach, you know, clients. Yeah. And you could tie this over to personal training. I yeah. mean, I have some clients coming in just raging about things and saying things that I could never agree with. Um, in terms of just real true hatred for both sides. And I I wish I could just be like, could you please just leave that at the door, you know? <laughs> um, but all they do is talk about, you know, their one little point and their one little issue. And they see the whole world through that little tiny lens. And they hate everyone else that doesn't have that viewpoint. And you have to kind of be, be a... Like, like a pressure release valve. A pressure release valve, right. You have to, all right, Cindy, let's let's do this next set, you know? And then, you know, you see their rage come out in the set and then they leave with a smile on their face and whether or not, you know, some of the people, you know, the, their views that have come out makes me respect them a little less, you know, for things that <laughs> they've said, a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and they're, they have a basically very small view of the world and they've only see, they only see the world through their little tiny lens. Um, and they it's can't still in perspective though. It's still right. perspective. Maybe they see it that way because of a certain thing that happened in their life. And it's just like, you don't know. So, right. Absolutely. And you have to just, you're not going to write them off. You're not going to fire them as no. a client or tell them off, you know, in the middle of your business, you just, you know, kind of deflect the, their energy and lead them through the workout and they leave with yeah. a smile on their face. Very Take positive. it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. It's, it's yeah. just an opinion from from someone and honestly the the opinions that matter are the opinions that matter to you are your own opinions and the people that you look up to so it's just like i unless you really really look up to this person and then they they just destroy your your view of them with the, with a certain a certain opinion but it's just like they still have all those those other points that you look up to so i mm -hmm. i don't know man it's we could Sorry. we could go on for hours about this. Yeah, I, feel. I I used to respect you until I saw that picture of David with that mustache. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Ah, cut it off. <laughs> what is that? Look at that thing. He's twirling it at the end. <laughs> it's, he's trying to grow stash. facial hair. He's trying, guys. He's doing his very best. <laughs> it's actually called take, a Van Dyke. Look it up, we, and this is we, it. We will take a picture and put it on our blue collar fitness Instagram. And we have a photo shoot coming up, so 
That's we'll all see, that's coming. Let's up see if first. Trevor keeps his stash. <laughs> it's staying <laughs> on. You guys catch it. I'm, you're gonna catch these hands. Oh shit. Oh, oh shit. I know some, I know jujitsu. Some bear paws there. I'd be aware. <laughs> well, do you guys have anything to add here at the end of the, the show? No, great, great I think this show. was very constructive. Very constructive. Yeah. Great show, and, great uh, topic, Josh. Thanks for leaving. Yeah, perspective enhancing. Absolutely. Mind blowing. All right, we love you guys. Uh, hopefully, you know you you glean some some useful information. Follow us at Blue Collar Fit Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us at Blue Collar Fitness Podcast. Uh, not follow us, but our website. <laughs> and you can follow me at Sarge Josh on Instagram. You can follow Dave at, at Dave You can follow Connor, Mr. Connor Burton on Instagram. You can follow T Chase Powers. Yep, T Chase Powers on Instagram and. Lastly, leave us an inter uh, interview. Interview. Wrong word. Leave us a review on Google. We are now on Google. Nice. Yes. Yes, sir. Or uh, also iTunes. And I, I think we're coming soon to YouTube and Google Podcasts. Woo-hoo. Give us Spotify. some time on that. We're, we're already on Spotify. Spotify. We're on Spotify okay. and Apple. Yeah. yeah. There's another new one. On Spotify. Like. Leave Stitcher. us a review wherever you're Stitcher. listening. Stitcher. Stitcher, that's it. Yeah, yeah so Stitcher. I'm trying, I'm, we're trying to go Stitcher. Stitcher. We're going to be on Stitcher. Uh, I have a lot of clients who have Androids, and they're like, dude, it's really a hassle with all the ads on Spotify. Oh. And they can't get the uh, iTunes or right. Apple Podcast to work well. So they're like, well, can you get on YouTube or uh, Google Podcast or Stitcher? Because okay. that would be for our, our Androids. I'm working on it. Like I said, so, dude, I'm learning this shit as we go. So give me time, and I'll have this all set up. We love you, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Love y'all. Everybody, we're out. Later.